Because I was just handed this note. Uh, another prayer request. It says, please pray for my son-in-law's Aunt Shelley. She has lost three of her four children to death. And the most recent was her son that was killed last Saturday in a motorcycle accident. Uh, let's pray for her right quick. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we pray for this Aunt Shelley. The tremendous pain that she's going through. My Lord, I don't even know what to pray for. Except to ask you to come quickly into her life. We love you and it's in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Amen. What a great Mother's Day. Well, I had a couple of comments over the past couple of weeks. I do want to uh, clear some things up. You know, I said uh, having kids will, will make us more unselfish. But I, I want to be clear. Having kids will not make us uh, less self-centered unless we want to be less self-centered. That make any sense? We have to make a choice. Uh, but I'll tell you this: if you're still going to be a self-centered person with kids, you're going to be miserable because they are going to demand your time and attention. Um, some folks in this week told me that uh, they didn't. Uh, the reason why they didn't have any kids because they didn't like kids. What I told them was this. You don't like other people's kids. You have your kids, it'll be different. I'm telling you, it, it'll be different. You know, kids bring a lot uh, to the table. I know for me, I wrote some things down. Uh, humor goes up in your house if you have kids, don't it? Humor, I mean, I know like Angie don't laugh at my jokes all the time. But Sarah just cracks up. She said, Daddy's so funny. That ain't funny. Yes, it is so funny, it's so funny. So humor goes up. Your kids will laugh at your corny jokes. Then I remember as they were little, the second thing I, I wrote down is, you get to watch them sleep. Yeah. And you get to watch them sleep. And there's not, to me, there's nothing, nothing better than that. And then, of course, somebody calls you daddy or mama. And that, that's cool. And, and, and I, I wrote down, you, you get to see the world in a whole new wonder as they discover, you know, you know new things. And then I, then I wrote, this was cool for me because I was an immature dad even at 31 and 35, I no longer had to bounce on the bed by myself. <laughs> you know? I thought of those times when those kids were little and I'd wrestle, you know, with them and we'd bounce on the bed. And, uh, and then I wrote, you always have an excuse for a messy house. If somebody comes over, don't worry about me, Luke, Sarah, they've been wild. Then I wrote, Christmas morning. Yeah. Enough said right there. Yeah. 
Christmas morning. Then I think maybe one of the best ones of all is like we could go to people's houses if we don't want to be there. They're an excuse to leave early. <laughs> Got to go get the kids, man. Got to get them in bed. That, that is great. Then kids shape our souls. Then they're just the miracle of life. Would y'all agree with all my good reasons to have kids? Everybody needs kids in their life, whether you're married or not. They, they keep you younger. And uh, they just keep you younger. They teach you. And uh, on a regular basis. That's why we need you here. We need you, but you actually need the kids. Volunteer with them. Teach them. Just, just show up. Just serve Everybody needs kids in their life. Go ahead and take out your message notes. And again, I want to say happy, happy Mother's Day if you got in here uh, after I've already said it. But we need men and, 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 and women in our lives to understand the full image of God. Because I told you a couple of weeks ago, there's too many kids that, that are growing up without a father or a male in their life. And we're committed. We're committed here at North Point. To help all the single parents. We're committed. And, and the number one factor that will determine whether a kid tanks or succeeds is the presence of a caring adult in their life. That's the number one factor. Whether they have a, have a caring adult in their life. Friends of mine and Angie's came by to see me in the diner. And they were so excited, and I was so excited for them. The adoption of their son came through this week. It, they came through, and they, 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 want, they wanted me to know. And I thought, that kid's going to make it. That kid's going to make it. He got some caring folks in his life. And guys, I want to tell you something. It doesn't have to be a parent. That's why I encourage you to get involved here at North Point. It just has to be a caring adult. Because here's what I think is going to happen. When I, I sat down there and looked at the property the other day, we were buying Old Elementary School. I believe that there'll be more kids there participating in whatever we do than any school in Bartow County. I believe they're coming. I believe they're coming. And, 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 and we need you. We need you to volunteer and help, whether it's teach, coach, clean, or just love on the kids. We're going to need you. Proverbs 24, 3 says, It takes wisdom to have a good family. And it takes understanding to make it strong. Wisdom. Understanding to make it strong. Where, where do you get that? I'm going to tell you where you get it. You get it from the Word of God. The Word of God is, 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 is the manual for life. The Word of God is the manual for marriage. The Word of God is the manual for parenting. It's the, the Word of God is. It's, it's the manual for business. Everything that you and I need to live a successful life is in the Word of God. Everything. This is where you and I will get wisdom and understanding. 
And in this first part of this series, we're looking at five principles that bring out uh, uh, the best in kids, or, or anyone else for that matter. We've already looked at, at, at two of them. The very first week, we looked at accept their uniqueness completely. Have y'all been practicing that? Accept that they're unique and quit trying to mold them into somebody that you want them to be? Remember we said our job is to unfold, not mold our kids. The second one is affirm their value continually. Y'all remember that? I hope you practiced that week. Maybe you've practiced that this week with your spouse. To affirm their value. I hope you have your kids affirm their value. But if you miss those, you can catch up online. You know, I forget how many different ways we got that you can do it. But now today as Christian parents, we tend to either overprotect. As Christian parents, we tend to overcorrect. And we also tend to overindulge. We, we tend to do that. Now, I'm not going to talk about all three of them today. I'm loving this. I, I, I'm going to take my time through it. These are the next three principles. We're going to be talking about overprotecting today. And, and so number three, if you, I want you to fill in these message notes. Write this down. Trust them with increasing responsibility. Trust them with increasing responsibility. Trust them with increasing responsibility. Nothing brings out the best in you or somebody else faster than somebody else trusting you. Than somebody else trusting you. To have somebody believe in you. I know you can do this. Jesus says in his word that that's how we help people grow. Is by putting uh, trust in them. Giving them, them responsibility. So that they can be response-able. Give them responsibility so that they can be response-able. That just means able to respond. Able to respond. Because if you've never had an opportunity to respond, how can you be responsible? How can you be responsible? Guys, you don't learn to be a, a leader through a book or a seminar. You learn to be a leader by leading. Amen. By leading. Just do it. You can only become a leader by actually doing it. And the only way to become a parent is to be one. You read all the books you want to. You're going to be surprised. OJT is, is the best way. You're not going to be prepared for everything. And, and, and Jesus gives us three ways to help folks become responsible. You see, the whole goal of parenting is to remove them to dependent, to independent, and then dependent on God. Amen? Amen. With responsibility. Responsibility. And we're going to be in Luke 16. If you, want, if you got your Bibles with you, if you want to just kind of turn to Luke 16, we're going to be in three verses, 10 through 12. If you want to mark that, make notes in your Bible. I love to make notes in mine. You go back and read them. But here's the first one. Uh, if you're filling in your outline, the first little dot there, asterisk, whatever's there. Trust them with small things. Trust them with small things. Talking about your kids 
or people at work or people that are close to you. Trust them with small things. Verse 10 says, Whoever can be trusted with a little can also be trusted with a lot. And whoever is dishonest with a little is dishonest with a lot. Start this very, very early with your kids. Start small. You know, you know start, giving them start giving them responsibility even before they can talk. You know, start small. You, you, you know, get them, like, helping you, you clean up. You know, now, now don't do like I do. I want, to do, want them to do it all. No, just start with small things to help them clean up. Don't be a taskmaster where you just sit and point. Just, just get them to help you do some little things. And the second thing is this. Trust them with possessions and money. This is important. I'm going to spend a little time here. Trust them with possessions and money. Material possessions. Material wealth. Worldly possessions. Verse 11 says this. If you cannot be trusted with worldly riches, then who will trust you with true riches? Basically, this is what he's saying. God watches how you handle your money. To see if he can trust you with the more important stuff. I got news for you. Money ain't the more important stuff. It's just not. And if God can't trust you with material blessings. If he can't trust you with money. If God can't trust you with possessions. How is he going to trust you and I with spiritual? With spiritual blessings. What I'm talking about there is like how's he going to trust us with more influence? If he can't trust us with money. How's he going to trust us uh, with more blessings if he can't trust us with money? How's he going to trust us with with prosperity if he can't trust us with money? How's he going to trust us with fame if he can't trust us with money? How's he going to trust us with power in our lives if he can't trust us with a little money? How can I trust you with all this if you don't manage your money well? What I'm saying here is money's just an acid test for us. It's just an acid test. Somewhere, somewhere along the line, we got to realize that it's all from God, and you and me, we are just a manager of it, a steward of it. Doing the best that I can to make the most with what I've been given. Have you been a good steward? This is a, a, a true principle in life, but particularly true in parenting. You young parents, this is one thing that I, I think that we did pretty close to right with our children. We started teaching them, you know, I bought them these banks, 10, 1080. I taught them that it was important they give, it was important they save, and it was important that they spend. 10% to the Lord, 10% to savings. And 80% to spend. It's important that you start them young. I've also taught them this other principle. If you use money, you'll love people. If you love money, you'll use people. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Don't do it. Give, save, spend. 
Guys, Sarah and Luke, when they were, when they were small, when you, your kids were small, they didn't need the money, but they needed the responsibility. That's what they needed was responsibility. Then the third thing that, that I would say is this. Write this down. Trust them with things that don't belong to them. Trust them with things that don't belong to them. Especially before they go get their own. Before they get their own bicycle. Get them to use someone else's. Before they get their own car. Let them use yours. (laughs) Before they get their own anything. Guys, this is true in ministry. This is true at your job. Let them do. Verse 12 says this. And if you cannot be trusted with things that belong to someone else, who will give you things of your own? Guys, my question to you is, how do you handle someone else's possessions? How do you handle them? Great people. Great parents. Great leaders. Great bosses realize that people will respond to responsibility. And if you want them to become responsible, you must make them responsible. How do we do that? You give them the opportunity to do it wrong. You give them the opportunity to do it wrong. God does this with you and me all the time. All the time. God doesn't force you to do the right thing. He was testing me yesterday. I went to Sam's to pick up me and Nick some hamburger buns and some other stuff at the diner. I got out to the truck loading them things. It was raining. It was raining, and I was just covered up, and, and old hired done got flat. <laughs> and I looked, and there was a fourth bag of hamburger bun. I didn't pay but for three. What was $3.28, something like that. My first thought was, I'll be here next week. I'll just tell them about next week. It's raining like crazy. Then I thought, you're an idiot. You get that bag of hamburger buns, you go pay for it. I grabbed that hamburger buns and, and, and went in there soaking wet, looked like a rat. <laughs> I was walking across a lot with them hamburger buns and two young employees said, you returning them? I said, I'm going to do something with them. I got to get them out of my hand. I didn't pay for them. <laughs> One of the boys said, it ain't nothing but hamburger buns, man. If they miss it, take it with them. I said, I'm bringing them back. I said, I'm getting it out. They said, if you want to pay for them, they'll let you go pay for them. I said, I want to pay for them. And he just looked at me like I was crazy. But then his eyes glimmered. See, I didn't have to do the right thing. I'd got away with the wrong thing. Even if it was a mistake. I'd got away with it. It was just hamburger buns. You see, God gives us the free will to make choices every day. And a lot of us, you and me, we make the wrong choices every day, and God lets that happen. Do you know why? 
He wants us to learn responsibility. He wants us to learn responsibility. I was sitting there thinking, laughing on the way home, I thought, guess what, I could be preaching tomorrow and my picture would have been in the paper like this. <laughs> Over some hamburger bun. <laughs> he wants us to learn responsibility. God could take responsibility for your life, but he didn't. Why? He let me and you take responsibility. Even the wrong choices. Even, even the bad choices. Because that is how you and me become responsible. People respond to responsibility. If you're a boss and you treat people like babies, you're going to have to change diapers the rest of your working life. You're ex I mean, believe me, I've had a couple of these bosses. They were miserable, and so were we. We got to let folks make mistakes. We got to let them. I know at the diner, I don't want to make all the mistakes myself. I want Nick and Soon and Tyron and Anna and James to make some too. I want to spread the blame around. Amen? Amen. Shoot. Guys, you don't get fired for making mistakes. You get fired for making the same mistake over and over because it means you're not learning. So make a new one every week. <laughs> and, and let it be a doozy. Because that's how you learn. That's how you learn. That's how you grow. That's also how you lead. It's how you lead. It's how kids grow. Galatians 6, 5 says, Each person must be responsible for himself. Now, obviously, there's a balance here when, when, you, when you think about this. Because when the kids are first born, you know, they, you're totally responsible for them because they're helpless. There's nothing more helpless than, than an infant. But you start moving them further and, and further into responsibility. Learning to solve their own problems. Where they'll have uh, and learn resourcefulness. You know, I was telling Angie uh, this morning, uh, I was just kind of in, in a mood thinking about my mom, and I'm going to go see her after, this, after 11 o'clock service. And uh, my siblings and I have an ongoing text that's been going on for a long time, just us four, and it's kind of a group. And I was telling Angie that as far as I can, I can look back, my mom never got involved in any of our spats. She let us work it out herself. And, 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 and whether we were mad at one another, whether we were angry at one another, where we wanted to really get into one another, we knew that we didn't go to mom telling on the other. You know, she loved us all the same, but differently. And, 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 and she, would, she would not take up for the other. She would not make us make somebody feel more loved than the other. 
And so we had to work it out by ourselves. And I think it's because of that now, and all of us in our 50s, that we still get along so great. That we can still, we got this ongoing conversation that goes all the time. And, and, and I just, I'm so thankful for that. That she never get, got involved and tried to fix things. She let us grow on, on our own and be responsible. We're each responsible for our own conduct. And this is one of the most, one of the most important skills in, in, in life that we can learn in responsibility. Guys, we got to give our kids opportunity to fail. A lot of kids have this deep-seated fear about failing. Because we have planted that, that seed by trying to keep our kids from failing. Let me give you a news flash. Failing is not fatal. Failing is not fatal. Failing, failure is not final. It's okay to fail. So you need to stop. You need to not protect your kids from failure. And if they do fail, you don't need to protect them from feeling bad. That just goes with it. That just goes with it. Sometimes we want to rescue them. Sometimes we want to get involved in, in their little stuff they got going on and their troubles. But we don't need to be so quick to jump into them. Failure is not fatal. Everybody fails. I do it all the time. I do it all the time. I got news for you, though. It's the only way to become a success. It's the only way. It's the only way that you can learn what don't work is to fail. You got to learn what doesn't work. I got a little news, news uh, flash for you. Helicopter parents. Y'all knew who I'm talking about. The helicopter parent hovers. Studies have shown that overprotective parents produce insecure kids. You need to write that down so you can tell somebody that. Mainly, maybe yourself. Overprotective parents produce insecure kids. Overprotective parents. Kids who never fail actually fear failure more than normal people. They fear more. Overprotective parents have created this fear of failure. Quit hovering. Let them fail. When you try to make sure that your kids never fail at anything, you're hurt. You hurt them. And if they do, you immediately clean it up. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You helicopter parents, you immediately clean it up and you fix it. I'm going to tell you something. They just need to understand that they're going to feel bad, but it passes. Tomorrow's going to be better. It might even take a month, but it will be better. Go ahead and feel bad. Go ahead and cry. You'll feel bad. Life's tough. And kids need to learn that. You're not going to be able to shelter them. 
One of these days they grow up and you're not going to be there. Life is tough. They don't need to go through life expecting that it's going to be a breeze. Because one of these days they're going to leave the, leave the house and they're going to hit reality. And it's going to be tough. Capiche? And guys, I got something to tell you. Everybody feels, wants this and has this need to be trusted. Everybody has a need to be trusted. Guys, as your pastor, somebody loves you, I want to tell you this. This is somebody has raised his kids, and I know now I made some mistakes. Do less for your kids and teach them to do more for themselves. Let me say that again because I didn't see money of it right now. Do less for your kids and teach them to do more for themselves. Equip them to be responsible. My mother was married at 15, dropped out of school, married at 15, and had her first child at 16. She was a grandmother by the age of 36. She had four kids. All four kids, except for me, was wild as a buck. <laughs> she did some things wrong, but she did some things right. I've told y'all, maybe told y'all this before, but my, when I was in my 40s, still at the post office, my, I got a call from my mother, and she was crying. My mother's a very colorful lady. She was crying and she said, I said, what's, what's going on, Mom? She said, I just want to call and say thank you. I said, why, Mom? She said, well, I was just sitting right here at the table at work with all these old, we'll say ladies, but she didn't use that word. <laughs> My mother's a very colorful lady. All these old ladies, and every one of them was just griping and carrying on about their kids. And how they're draining them. They're taking all their money. And they're raising their grandkids. She said, I jumped up from that table. I was crying. And one of the ladies said, what's wrong with you, Jane? She said, I'm calling my kids and tell them thank you. Because they left when they were 17 and 18. And I ain't heard from them since. <laughs> They've never asked me for a dime. All four, all four, all four. Never asked me for no money. Never asked me to take them in. Never asked me to raise their kids. So I'm going to take some time to tell them thank you. I said, Mom, you're the one taught us responsibility. It was tough at times. I'm talking about a mama not only kicked me out of the house, she kicked me out of the town I lived in. Amen? My mother's colorful. She taught tough love. She taught responsibility. I didn't get mad. I still call her every morning to this day. Guys, I wrote this in your outline. Anytime, I love this saying, anytime that I take responsibility for someone, I take it away from them. Anytime that I take responsibility for someone, I take it away from them. You know what? They can't even grow up. They can't even grow up. You are responsible to those kids. You are not responsible for those kids. Amen? 
not responsible for them. In fact, by the time your kids reach middle school, you're not responsible for all the decisions they make anymore. I mean, I mean they're, they're spending far more time with their peers than they are with you. They're making decisions already in the, in the middle school today. Not your choice. The whole business of parenting is letting go of responsibility and creating a trust in them. And to become a responsible citizen. Now because we haven't, all of us haven't done this, we got 40 year old uh, kids living at home playing video games. They haven't learned responsibility. That's part of, uh, part of bringing out the best in our kids is allowing them to fail. And if you don't allow them to fail, it's going to weaken their character. Do you get it? Sometimes you love them to death. You're going to weaken their character. And let me tell you something else about overprotecting. Overprotecting your kids is actually a form of rejecting. A rejection. Because you're actually saying, I don't trust you. I don't trust you. You're not smart enough to make the decision. Now, whose fault is that? Who hadn't been starting with little things? Who hadn't let the little things get bigger and, and, and bigger? If you didn't start off that way, how do you expect them to make good choices? How do you expect them to be responsible? Overprotection creates insecure kids. In the long run, it's actually better to trust your kids too much. Too much. Because then at least they would mature faster. I want to tell you something. And it's not too late if your kids are adults. Go home today when, when you have your Mother's Day dinner. Call them to the side and say, look, we need to talk. I've screwed up for 40 years. I haven't given you any responsibility. I haven't trusted you. But I'd like to start a plan today and stick with it. Things are going to change. Parents, I want you to turn those helicopter rotors off. You've you got to turn them off. Do you know why? It'll be good for the kids. It'll be good for the kids. It'll strengthen their character if you don't solve all their problems. If you don't keep them from failing. Amen? That's all I got to say today. What songs are y'all going to sing? No Who? No That's a good one. I like them other two. Why is them? But I like that too. If we get into a second song, play one of them other two that was so good, that great I am or whatever. We're laid back here if you're visiting. And unorganized. <laughs> Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day. I thank you for your word and how it's applicable. How we can apply it to our lives. Lord, I do believe that you've got something big for us.
that you want us to do. I believe there'll be more kids in that 9.9 acres than in any school in Bartow County. I believe it's going to be like an anthill kicked over. And we need folks that'll love and teach and coach, pick up trash, whatever it might be, to strengthen the character of our next generation. Well, we love you and it's in your name we pray. Amen.